This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a Premier League lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in, you Reds? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards, points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Roman Coke in the hand, almost like he sat in the West End. Um, He's the yin to my yang. It's Steve Andrews. Good evening. I'm very well, sir. I've just dined hugely upon the chestnut tree. Oh, other uh, other restaurants and places are available, but you know what? Cheap and cheerful can't go wrong. Beautiful. Big plate special? Uh, no, it's burgers, mate. Buy one, get one free. Come on. What did your wife have? Your lass, your lass. Sorry, your wife. Uh, she had a uh, Bombay Big Bird. <laughs> so you were the, <laughs> let's not, you were the two. Let's not, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go into that, shall we? But that's anyway, enough about I... the stag do, anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah. Uh, Steve, uh, QPR away last week. Yep. A fantastic start. Uh, it ends up in a, in a 2 2 draw. Looking back then, because um, obviously there's clearly two ways of, of looking at this, is that a point in the bag or two points lost? You know what? After watching that first half, uh, I actually felt as though it were two points lost. Uh, I know we talked about it last week um, and we said we'd be happy with a point. And let's be honest, we were happy with a point. Um, it could have quite easily ended up without any points at all. But uh, no, after that first half performance, which I think is best football we've played for quite some time. Um, yeah, you've got to say you're just that little bit disappointed. But again, you know what? Point's a point. Take it. Move on. Um, we we forced uh, QPR Mark Warburton into a, a very early changes. Thirty fifth minute out, I believe. Two 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 subs were brought on. We didn't really seem to be able to, to counter that. If that was a game of chess, and 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 obviously they changed positions. Is that 
tactically you think that we lost out? Is it maybe that actually with what we had on the bench um, and, and only the fact that you can have three substitutes, where, where do you think that went wrong? Were QPR suddenly found the rhythm and were they the better side? Did we st- stop playing the football? Were we stopped playing how we were playing? What was your thought on, on them coming back? No, I thought, um, it, well, it, in a way, I suppose it was a little bit of a masterstroke, weren't it? I mean, the substitution um, situation now for all clubs, back to three subs. It's not as though you can throw on throw on your five like we did last season. So you've got to be a little bit more careful. Um, I think we were forced, like you say, uh, into probably bringing on Almi um, when we didn't have that much... Uh, on the on, on bench, really. Uh, still obviously waiting for his two Belgian guys. Uh, I still think looking at some of our players, fitness were definitely an issue towards the end of the game. There were one or two players that, let's be honest, were blowing out their arse bit time it had come to 80th minute. Um, Britain were the one for me that stood out more than anybody because he really did look to be toying. So I, it, it, it was just a... It was just a number of things, to be honest. It was a, a really good move by Warburton to change it round. Um, we didn't really have the manpower to counteract what he did as such. Um, and it's the same as all. You always have one or two players that have a particularly off day. Um, but you know what? It's like like we said before. Is is wanting to bring in probably another left-sided wing back, defender, stroke midfielder. Um, possibly even another central midfielder, which that particular move for me would raise an eyebrow because you'd look at what midfielders we have actually got. And if he's wanting to bring another one in, does that raise questions about Herbie Kane? You know, he's been, he, he played for under 23s, but he's, he's not, I know he's getting back, coming back to fitness, but. Does he not feature in his plans, or has he just not sort of impressed him enough to uh, to bring him into the fold, so to speak? Mm, another player um, raising questions. Uh, Marcus Shop told uh, the the attending press on Thursday in the press conference that he has a, a decision regarding Barnsley striker George Miller, who he says has unbelievable quality, and hinted that his versatility as an attacking wing back may yet lead to increased involvement this season. Now, we saw him play in that role almost, didn't we? Um, was it Bol- uh, It was Bolton, wasn't it, in the, in the, yeah. in the Carabao Cup? Um, is it last chance alone for George Miller? He seemed to have been in or around the club for quite some time, never really made an impact when he was asked. That's difficult to do when you come on for five or ten minutes at the end. Um, when he's been on... Um, have, have have you seen enough to say, yeah, it's there? Or do you believe that maybe actually consistent football, maybe in a lower league, would bring him on a little bit more and then we sort of try again next season? That last game that he played, I mean, up to, up to that, I would have said, there's no way is he a championship player. No way at all. From what I'd seen of him, yeah, his chances has been limited, considering uh, sort of attacking players that we have got. But that left right-hand side wing-back type role that he played, he actually played really well. Uh, and I think it raised a few eyebrows. Same same as I suppose as a door playing up front. It's a different position that we'd not seen him in before. And he, he actually played really well that game. Does that mean that he's, he's going to get a, a regular berth in squad that we've got? 
No, because I still think he's probably second, third, maybe even fourth choice going down. Mm. But does that mean then that he goes out on loan? I don't know. Because again, we've got to watch what squad we have. We haven't got as many subs, so we've got to have more quality rather than quantity because we can't just throw bodies on. Yeah. yeah. So if he is going to play that sort of right-hand side role and be able to do it well, is he a player that you actually keep in and you let other players go out on loan like Adibayejo or somebody like that? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Because you talk about Miller in a different role. Odor started again uh, last week, um, you know, up front. Where have we, you know, we've seen him mostly down sort of like down the, down the left-hand side. Is it, um, we'll, we'll talk about the two Belgian lads and the evening, uh, the question and answer session with Paul Conway later on and uh, the visa issue and everything. But, you know, Devante Cole's on the bench and Odor starts. Is that, um, is that saying that maybe Devante Cole is not fit or, or is Clark Odor a better striker than, than, than Devante Cole? Don't, is, 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 is Odor not sometimes needed down that left-hand side? It's it's that's an interesting question, isn't it? I think only Marcus Schoppel will answer to that. Um, I've got anyway, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, give him a ring. Um, I mean, after the Luton game, you'd have said, and I think we did say, um, Adore looked really lightweight, got knocked off ball, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you know, but we said that about a few players because it was a poor game. That first staff on 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 Saturday at QPR. Clark Adour were well, one of the best players on the field. He has got r- loads and loads and loads of skill. Uh, quick feet. He made some brilliant runs. Uh, he looked, I would say he looked a different player. But having said that, we looked a different team on Saturday. I think, like I said, Shop uh, tried it at Luton. Tried whatever it was that he wanted to do. Realised that it, whatever it was didn't work. And luckily, he's, you know, sort of changed it straight away. And, and, and it proved that, uh, that first half. So your players like Clark Adora, where at first you thought, why is he playing him there? I, I don't see I don't see what he brings to the team. That first half on Saturday, you did see what he brought to the team because they played some one-touch, quick, slick football that were a pleasure to watch. It really was, really good stuff. If they could have carried that into the second half, I mean, let's be honest. If if Woodrow had a cross ball for Freezer, it would have been it would have been game over then anyway. Um, but if some buts, you know what I mean. It's it's one of them things. Hindsight's a fantastic thing. It is. It is. You know what I mean. Um, I want to, I want to have that apple pie and crumble because I'm as fat as a pig now. But anyway, that's another story. And <laughs> um, hindsight is one thing. Uh, looking ahead is another. Uh, Birmingham tomorrow. Now, besides the four nil threshing against West Brom. They've done really well. They've not conceded a goal in any other match. Um, we we had issues with Luton. I mean, you know, the score might have only been whatever it was, but they absolutely thrashed us, didn't they? Um, and then they got beat 5-0 by Birmingham. So what what changes, looking at who's fit and, and, and who we've got, which is probably the same bunch of players as as, as we had last week, um, would you make any any changes? I don't think you will. I think it'll... I think... It'd probably be the same side that started on uh, at QPR. Is, is that uh, your fan-up prediction as well? I'm not telling you what can... my fan-up prediction is, because then you'll go and swap it. No, yeah, it is. I've, I've, I've same, done mine I already. Think, I think it will be the same side. Um, that first half, I can't I can't question anybody. I think Josh Benson looks as though he's going to be a, he, he's a fantastic be a... player. 
really much. I really do. Uh, Ramal Palmer, as I've always said, is turning into another really, really good player. So, you know, I, I can't, although they came off, I still think they'll start again tomorrow. Same back three. I'd leave Styles at left, Britain obviously on right. And as I say, your front three, why would you change your front three after after last Saturday's performance? Freezer, Woodrow and, and, and Adore. Yep. Um, if the new lads that have been fit and available, they may have got on bench and probably get a run out. Devante Cole, you know, he's, he's not, I would say he's not up to pace yet. He's not up to speed yet. He's still trying to find his feet. Um, I think he's going to need a little bit more time than we hoped he would. We were hope, I think we all hoped that he were going to come in and bit next, whatever you want. Um, but it's going to take lad time. But no, I, I would say definitely same side to start tomorrow. Um, yesterday evening, uh, we went along to the question and answer session. Now, I need to make clear that we've had fun engagements before, which is all the supporters groups. Yesterday was more... Uh, supporters trust some SLOs, uh, people like Badly Matchday Drinkers, and then of course Red Sky, Red All Over, and us from the Red Support. We were there as well uh, with some some uh, select members that, that that were invited. Um, before we sort of dive into some of the talking points, first time you've been to one of those. What what were your thoughts on on hearing Paul Conway speak and and, and how the evening went? I thought um, before. We got there when we were when we were talking before before they actually started. I didn't know whether to expect just um, lip service. I don't know. Just uh, you what? Say again. Lip service. Yeah, you know that sort of. We'll we'll not particularly tell you anything. We'll just basically go over what what you've read or you've seen in media and. Uh, and, it, you know, your politicians sort of answers, that sort of thing is, to be honest, what I expected. Um, and I've got to be I've got to say that that's not what we got. I thought he spoke. He spoke very well. But then again, they all, you know, you always do. That. You're not in that position for speaking like us, is he? Um, that what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no. And, and I mean, he was he were very honest, I think, at times. Yeah. Um, at times, I thought he was very abrupt with his answers. Which was which was nice because it needed to be. If somebody yeah. asked a question and you knew answer were no, let's not go round Kendry and Stairfoot Roundabout to get to final answer. No. And he'd just say yes or no, and what? And that that were nice to you know. It just kept it flowing. I, I thought it spoke really well, really. Yeah. Um, some of the talking points, I don't know they're on social media, but just sort of like our take on it. First of all, uh, he started with a thank you, saying that the support the clubs had from his supporters meant that they're still operating sort of like on budget. Which is, you know, that's huge, isn't it? Because oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. We've it's never it's been the biggest club, and if you look at our achievement last year, um, I would presume that operating above budget is largely held by two head coaches leaving for, for a, a handsome amount of money. But it yeah. doesn't matter because we still brought them in, and I suppose to some that was seen as a risk. So um, we're doing really well. There's only two or three clubs in the championship that are operating, and they kept saying we're the youngest team in England. Yeah. Um, and then on recruitment, uh, he says, you know, he, they want, he wants people to play for Barnsley. Um, and they had agreements with three different Premier League players. Um, one said he wanted a 40% more to come to play for Barnsley. So that was a no. The other one didn't like the style of play. So that was a no. And then the, the, the third one, 
is somebody who agreed personal terms, did under medical, scheduled to do his media pieces, and Andy Clark and whoever else of the media team could have been uh, could have been Whitey were waiting in the pouring rain at Walk Park because he basically drove off and, and never came back. That that's atrocious, isn't it? That because yeah, to that's us, just come on, it's, it, it's just yeah, you know what? Them sort of people, you don't want them. You don't want them at your club. Uh, you know, prima donnas, all that sort of thing. Our club does not run round one player. It can't. It's not that sort of club. We don't play that sort of football. And we don't want that sort of person in club because then it just it just causes bad feelings. Um, we want people, like Paul said, who want to play for Barnsley Football Club. Yeah. Do you know? And the recruitment is going to be from abroad. And he said that because prices transfer prices, transfer fees and wages to actually bring in a British player from 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 UK yeah. is it's it's extortionate and you're not getting the quality whereas we can we can go abroad to your Denmarks, your Norways, your Austria, etc. and you're getting a very, very similar class of player, if not better, for a fraction of the price. Why would you not? If that's the business model. To to some clubs, I suppose it's seen as a risk, isn't it? But what what he also said on that note is, because we are affiliated with all these other clubs that the owners have, that risk is sort of minimised. Because the two lads from Belgium, who are taking a pay cut to to come and play for Basley, because they want to play in England, um, they'll have been watched by staff from our club in in, in Belgium. You know? Yeah. We've got the, the the young lads that have gone out, three or four from the under twenty threes. I play for is it Asbjörk or whatever in Denmark or whatever they yeah. play. Um, and I suppose they're, they're advantage, getting decent it? football. They're getting yeah. decent football at a decent level. That's going to bring them on. It's better that than being over here in under twenty threes or or whatever, playing against Manchester City's fifth fifth eleven. Yeah. Every every other Saturday, or what? You know, they're not going to learn. They're not going to get any sort of experience. They may be playing against some fat bloke in Denmark, who, but is you know they are professional footballers, so they will get kicked up and downhill, yeah. which is you what will get them used to playing in the championship. And these people that say, oh, we bought you know we we bought Nice, or we bought another club, or we bought another club, or why not? If you can use each club in different countries to filter your, the better players yeah. into your own club and yet use their clubs to improve your own youngsters, it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, Absolute no-brainer. No, it is. And I suppose as well, which I think sometimes does make a huge difference, when you play for the under-23s, yeah, you know, they might, I mean, now these days, there's not many people. You, there's often you can go and watch them because of COVID and everything else. But actually, they, they go out, they play in Denmark, they play in front of maybe a couple of thousand, but it's fans, isn't it? It's the noise, it's the whistles, it's the booze. It's, and that's part of the game that they will be better used to than playing on the 4G pitch. You, you, you know what I mean? With three people yeah. walking past and a dog. Um, he, he mentioned uh, Josh Benson. A couple of times saying, you know, that, that he was obviously um, identified through that recruitment um, strategy that we've got. And the fact that he's come down from the Premier League and, you know, he, he played, was it seven matches or whatever last season in the Premier League? 
He's just, you, you mentioned him earlier, but nobody's, well, no. Last week, everybody talked about Alex Mowat because he scored a pearl of a volley um, in the first minute for West Brom. But lots of people were worried. when We knew we were leaving, but they were worried and we were going to fall to pieces and everything else. Now, Alex Mowat, I think, is a, is a good player and he was a very good player for us. And I think he, he helped lots of players around him. Towards the end of last season, I thought at times he went missing a little bit. And I think, you know, moves are definitely on the card. Josh Benson makes me forget about Alex Mowat. And I don't mean that in a negative, because I wish him all the best, except when they play us. But Josh Benson has come in. He's got that pass. He's got that nasty streak. He's also got that streak of, you know, a little bit of time wasting and everything. He seems a signing and an half, doesn't he? Sorry, I had to pause then because I thought we were going to sneeze. But we're all right. Let's carry on. You know, <laughs> let's carry on. Showbiz. Um, you know what? We still cry about Uran and say, why did he go? Why did he go? He went for more money. Simple as that. Can't blame him. Moe, yeah, he had some good games for us. He had some poor games for us. We all loved him. He's gone. He's gone for more money. Can't fault him at all. Move on. You know what I mean? Let's not let's not dwell on players that, you know, we don't want them back. I don't care. You know, they always say never go back. And I, I, I believe in that because it's never the same second, second time round at all. No. Um, you've got to be looking forward. You've got to be looking to this new recruitment. Um, the business model that he, he talked about last night, the recruitment strategies that he talked about last night. Um up to now, you know, there were questions to start with, but up to now, you can't really fault what what they've brought in. Um, Josh Benson, to me, is definitely a, a star signing. Uh, the fact that he wanted to come, because obviously he wants to play football. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it's these sort of people that we want to watch. I want to watch somebody that will come to Barnsley and want to play football, not somebody who wants to sit on bench and take the wage every week and maybe get 10 minutes here, there and everywhere. They're, they, them to me, are not, they're not footballers. They're not interested in the sport at all. You want somebody that wants to put boots on, that wants to get on grass and kick ball about or kick players about or whatever. Yeah, Barnsley uh, is, is a club, not the last club of your career. Barnsley no, is a club that... It's a stepping stone. It's well, a stepping to stone. Me, to me, you're, you're that club in fifth gear. That and if you do well, you could go in overdrive and zoom down, you know, the yeah. motorway of yeah. wealth or whatever you want to call it. Um, couple of, a couple of issues on the on the Belgium lads. He, he mentioned yesterday, obviously in the press, that we were waiting on a visa. Um, he, he sort of cleared up that they they they've got what they call the GBE, which is the governing body endorsement. Um, and You've that looked that up, have, haven't you? You've looked that up, haven't you? Uh, it's a look. Yeah, uh, Google's a wonderful thing. I'm prepared. <laughs> um, and then he said, you know, so uh, they're um, obviously they'll get the visa. They've had to wait forever. Uh, Obi had to go to Belgium, waited 18 days, and then his passport was coming back. And then when they inquired, they didn't even know whether the visa was in it or not. He then made the comparison that if Manchester United or Chelsea signed a player from overseas, he's unveiled in two days later and he's training. Um, with the first team and probably make an appearance within a week. And he says um, the, the relationship of uh, Barnsley FC with the home office um, is just not as good as Chelsea or Manchester United. And he referred to it as amateur hour. Now, for a, um, a co-chairman of a football club in the, in the championship, listen, 
people say, you know, happy clappers and everything else. I find it really refreshing that he basically sat there and said, from the whole, from the country that invented this sport, from yeah. a country that voted for Brexit and all the rules, they just haven't thought about it, have they? Because that player is still waiting. I, I, the other one is apparently getting his um, getting his visa, um, but it's 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 ridiculous, isn't it? You know what? You could, I mean, that argument you could take. You can take it away from football. You can take it into many other things. It's you're back to you're dealing with politicians. You're dealing with the government. It's always been. If you are one of the top clubs. If you are one of the top earners or if you are one of the top contributors to whatever political party, you will get whatever you want done a damn sight quicker than we will. Yeah, I bet Ronaldo's got his visa for Man United. I bet Ronaldo has his visa before next Wednesday. I'll tell you that, definitely. But it's always going to be the same. Now, could they perhaps been a little bit more open at the start of the two Belgian guys coming in? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe all this, they're not fit and what have you. Yeah. But it's gone. It's, it's of little interest now. We know what the situation is now. The visas... They've dragged the feet. It's the Home Office that's dragged the feet because we are not a Premiership club or a club that's worth millions and millions, and we've got dodgy directors, which is what he what he alluded to. Yeah. Um, so you know what? I suppose you've got to suck it up, haven't you? You've just got to yeah. say, well, you know, this is this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. We know they're going to get the visas. It's not as though it's going to going to get no. turned around and, and, and get kicked out. They're going to get the visas. It looks as though it's going to have to be after international break, which is fine, which is fine. You know, it's we've clarity. had a good... Now, isn't it? We understand. It, it we've sounds... had the clarity well, now. Yeah. He's, ex, he's explained it. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I suppose it's not to do with us. Do you know what I mean? We can talk about, we can speculate, we can, we can comment, whatever you want to call it. Whether they tell us right things or wrong things, let's be honest, we're dealing with a football club in Barnsley that normally is very, very tight-lipped. Do you know what I mean? It's tighter than a nun's chuff at times. So it just, you know, to get these little bits and these little, you know, little sound bites, if you want, um, that is the refreshing part of it. And yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got to say he was very honest in what he said last night. And yeah. you could tell just by the way we're putting things across that he was really, you know. He was pissed off, wasn't he? He was, he was probably pissed off, definitely. <laughs> Might as well say it. Um, next, Oakwell Stadium. Now, um, people, uh, a lot of people have been moaning for years and years about the West End and the state of the West End and things need doing and everything else. Uh, he, he made clear yesterday that they... Uh, the owners have, have attempted to purchase the ground. Um, they were going to put millions into it, uh, but they can't get what they call a, a clear, clean title on it. So he says it's a little bit like they're basically just sort of like renting it now on the, he says, and it doesn't make financial sense to spend millions in doing up a house that you potentially rent. Yeah. Um, he talked about the West End that they've put plans forward to say it should be an all year round sort of facility with this big sports bar looking out on the pitch where you would go watch matches, you know, the Euros or I was going to say the Olympics, probably not the Olympics, but you know what I mean? Big, big sporting um, 
events rather than going into town you'd go to the west end and, and watch it there but as it stands um that that does look going ahead and he says it doesn't make any sense um do you think after hearing because you were there yesterday do you think that because they can't do that there is a, a bigger chance maybe that they look at selling the club i know that yesterday the question was asked and he says as long as we're welcome and we can improve then and and you know we we want to stay here but their their the plans was always for them to buy the ground and develop it and, and everything else if that's now not possible do you think that might shorten the time that 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 these owners are in charge um interesting like you say they wanted to put apparently quite a lot of money into doing the ground up and making it more of a you know more of a stadium for all year round events not just sports bars but you know other events as well which all brings revenue in all brings revenue into club uh, and and you that's what you want um but yeah, like you say, if you've got if you're living in a house that you've no intention of actually ever owning, why would you spend a lot of money on it on, on it doing it up? You wouldn't. You'd 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 maintain it, but you wouldn't necessarily make a million pounds worth of improvements. Does that mean then that they would look at selling? Personally, no, I don't think that because I, I mean the, again, you want the you want the money on the pitch. You know, it's nice to sit in a nice stand. It's nice to pay four quid for a pie, um, which I don't, obviously. <laughs> I went back a little bit of sarcasm there. Um, but do you know what I mean? You want, I, I want my money to go on to pitch. I want to see players. I want to see better football. It's nice to have a good stadium round you. It would be nice to have them letters on end at Pontien painted, which I did mention when I drove past him. But he just sort of waved at me like Americans do. I think he thought I were a taxi, but never mind. Um, but no, I, you know, if if we're not going to put money into the stadium, we're just going to maintain it as it is. You know, fine. Let's see that money back on pitch. If we can get that on, if we can get that working, that means you've got better players. That means you've got a better team. That means you are staying in top half at championship and you are sort of flirting with a chance of going up into Premiership. And that is what they want. Let's face it, that's what any, I would have said, football chairman wants. They want Barnsley to be, out of all their teams that they own, Barnsley is probably the better one of the lot. So to have a Premiership premiership side, you know, that's a feather in their cap. And that's, uh, you know, it goes on on CV then, doesn't it? Yeah. This is oh. what we've got. So why would why would you sell? Yeah. You wouldn't. For me, you wouldn't. Well, it, it's like he says um, when, when they talked about uh, because obviously their plans was to develop it, and and I suppose if if you develop it and it becomes worth more and you keep doing better, uh, you know, we talked about the sky matches that that brings money in and everything else. It will be an in, interesting proposition for somebody to buy. Although we talked about the niece. You know, they got Nice into the Champions League. Um, then they said, oh, we don't want you no more. They sold and Nice are just going downhill and downhill. And yeah. um, the way Barnsley are going, I mean, it's an upward trajectory, isn't it? Since Stendhal was appointed and we went back to the Championship, it was true, but we stayed in. And then when Ismail we nearly went up and now on the uh, on the shop. Mm, um, it, 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 well, it's looking good, isn't it? And we, he talked yesterday about ground sharing. 
um, which I always found interesting. So he said as follows, the goal is to be here long term. The goal is to extend our lease. But if we could get caught in a situation where we couldn't even host a match here, we'd have to look at other short term alternatives. That's not the goal here. with the town on a proposal but we are not there yet but we will continue across this season to work together on it and get things resolved it's a bit of i know not much was said about it but not wanting to be negative but it's 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 worrying that they're even looking at it isn't it is it worrying or is it just common sense but um, we never, it's worrying from a fan's point of view that it yeah, could get to that to situation. A certain, yeah, course. to a certain extent. But let's be honest, they're never going to build a brand new stadium anywhere in Barnsley. Yep. You know, yeah, there is places and people said, oh, yeah, build it here, build it there. Yeah, fair enough. But you, you're talking about a lot more money than what we've got. Yeah. So why put yourself in the position of having to buy your own stadium? I mean, you look at Brentford's new stadium, which is fantastic. Built it themselves, etc. They're in premiership. So they can now recoup that money. You know, they'll probably have, I, I, I don't know, they'll probably have 15, 16, 17,000 season ticket holders. Now, we've done really well with season ticket holders this year, as we did last year through COVID, which has kept our club afloat. There's no two yeah. ways about that. No, true, true. But if it comes down to the hard choice, I mean, let's face it, if we couldn't put a game on at Oakwell, Whose fault would that be? Wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, you know, the, the chairman's fault, the co-chairman, it wouldn't be any, it's not their fault. It would be down because of the situation that we, we're in, that we rent from, you know, Barnsley Council or, or, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. if they said to me, there's no football club, Am I going to say, all right, then, well, there's no football club? Or am I going to say, well, we need to be playing somewhere else? And if that meant sharing a ground, just so we can keep... I mean, Co Coventry's had to do it. Look at Coventry. Yeah. They got kicked out of their ground. Yeah. So I get that people wouldn't want to share with one of them Sheffield clubs. Doncaster or Rotherham, wouldn't it? Well, uh, Doncaster or Rotherham, yeah, fair enough. Do you know what I mean? If it had to be, let's let's be honest now, common sense wise, if that's how it had to be, that's how it has to be. Yeah. And yeah. we would have to do that because otherwise we wouldn't have a football club. It's as simple as that. It's not it's not rocket science. But again, that is not the board's fault. No. If no. they've really, really tried to get it sorted out and get it bought and this, that and other. I suppose I suppose we'll never find out to a certain extent no. why council don't want to sell, whether it's anything to do with other shareholders that don't want to sell. You know, to me, all it's doing is holding up our progress. Yeah, because he, he, he was asked yesterday, wasn't he? Because obviously the Crine family is involved. James Crine is part of the recruitment um, at, at Oakwell. And they asked if it uh, interferes in the relationship and, and, and he said no. Um, now, the businessman, let's not forget these are businessmen. Um, I know, you know, but sometimes when you're working for the same company and there is a, a disagreement or legal issues, because obviously they're still going to court, that can cause friction as well. Obviously, that's for them to solve, isn't it? As fans, we can't do anything about that. Um, 
I just mentioned uh, James Crine. We interviewed Patrick Crine quite a few years ago, and, and obviously he was a local man, and his heart was in Barnsley Football Club, and he talked about his emotional attachment to the club. And when you talk to Paul Cunley, there is no emotional attachment to the club. He said they're creating a machine. Um, and as part of growing, uh, the machine has loads of different pieces. So last year, Alex Mowat was, you know, a really big part of that machine, so was Valerian Ismail. But... If one part don't work, it can come out and you put a new part in and the machine keeps working. And that's how we talked about the patches. Um, they've done really well, haven't they? From Struber, his, his release fee, Valerian Ismail, rumoured, was it two million uh, release fee? Um, the gamble in that, well, there was a gamble or not, but for to get a coach in that not many people will have heard of within a season, selling him for a million or two million, that's a bit of a... A Midas touch, isn't it? Recruiting-wise, especially managers or head coaches. Like I said, you know, there were questions about this model when they first came in and Billy Bean and all that, although I must admit Billy Bean's not been mentioned for a while. But the way that they are running our club now, yeah, they may not be Barnsley people. Listening to him last night, I, I honestly do believe that he does have some form of feeling yeah. And understanding for how we are and and why we love this club. I, I actually think he does he does understand that. But we've spoke about this many times, me and you. It's a business. It's a money making business. Doesn't matter who's in charge, whether it's some Chinaman or somebody from Mexborough, makes no difference. The the end target is for them to try and make money, which is, as we know, is, is really, really difficult when you own a football club. Yep. Chances yep. of you actually making any money are few and far between. So you've got to streamline it. You've got to get your processes in. You've got to get your your strategies in for recruitment, etc. Because I do not doubt that Marcus Shop will have a release clause in his contract, which, again, he alluded to last night. Yeah. That if he has a fantastic season this season, if somebody comes in and offers right money, he'll, he'll go. be gone. Yeah, yeah. But that's fine because there is people in the background that they have already targeted, that they already know who they want. Not just not just coaches, players, you know, backrooms, all the way through. Yeah. Even back to you, I would suspect that they've got somebody to fill in for you on Red Report. My dog. Uh, just, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, you know, it's it's that sort of forward thinking and planning yeah. that makes it a viable business. And at the minute, there's nobody can say that Barnsley Football Club is not a viable business. It really is. And they've made it more viable, haven't they? Let's be honest. Oh God, they've, yes. You know they've made it more viable. Uh, one of the not questions... without the help of the fans, though. Let's let's not forget oh, this. Oh, hundred percent. But know... I think initially there was a lot of resistance towards these foreigners, uh, you know, coming in and treating it as a business. And I think people like they quite like it because that business model's brought in players like Helic, players like Benson. You know, Coley Woodrow is still here. And and let's be honest, a lot of people when you score regularly, sort of eighteen, twenty goals a season in the championship. You, you only have one season or two with Barnsley, and then you go. He's got 50 for Barnsley now. So, and one of the questions we asked yesterday was uh, a successful, well, a very successful season last season. Uh, what are the demands placed or the target for Marcus Shop? And he said, um, 
There's no demand or target placed, but we want to build and continue to develop as a strong and competitive club of the championship. That's why we've strengthened the squad with four permanent guys already on long-term contracts. Um, he says, but you have to be practical about it. We balance our budget, but we have clubs coming down with a budget at seven, eight, nine times the size of ours. So over a 46-game season to overcome it is really, really hard. Um, they would still expect him to be top half, though, wouldn't he? <laughs> well, that's it. That's him at it. Do I then straight no, away, isn't it? Um, no, I think, I think you know what. Yeah, he's got the majority of the team, hasn't he? The, the, yeah. You know, we've got eighty percent at side that nearly made it to Premiership last season. Yeah, it's there's only Moit gone. All right, DK came in, and all right, he were fantastic. We all know he were fantastic, but he's gone, and that's end of story. So we have got the majority of the same players. Um, it's been a little bit of an up and down start. We know it has. Marcus Shop's got to find his feet. I mean, like I said earlier, Luton were definitely a little bit of a debacle with the way that he set the team up, the, the strategy that he had that didn't work. But is 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 not? It's not taking him two months to to turn it round or all like that. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's actually with the same team, the same players made them play like they did that first half at QPR. So you can't say he doesn't know what he's doing. He obviously does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you've got you've got to be looking mid-table upwards, surely now. Yeah. And yeah. especially if we do end up bringing in another one, possibly two players before uh, before the start of, uh, before the end of the transfer window. Yeah. Um, I thought a really nice touch yesterday when he talked about, he gave the example of Nice where they went to the Champions League and then the following season, as investors, they said, we still need to balance the books. And then they were like, no, 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 you know, investors, and they went. And then he said his his 13-year-old daughter was uh, sort of working with him at the club over the summer and she divided the fan mail into three separate piles. So one was um, really nice questions and suggestions. One was people asking for free stuff. That's where our emails come. (laughs) Which is us, yeah. (laughs) And then the third pile was people saying, get out of our town. And I, I get completely how people feel and everything else. But as an outsider, and that's hard for us because we've got an emotional attachment to this club. But as an outsider looking in, you have to say that when these, when these, when, when these investors came in, they had a long-term plan to try and get Barnsley in the Premier League. Last season, that nearly happened. They've balanced the books every single season. We've had players go for these amount of money. We've got players now that are worth four or five times that that we paid for them because they're doing really well. We've just signed a lad from the Premier League that looks like he could be potentially the next Horahan, Mowat, Hignett, Howard, Redfern, whoever you want to whoever you want to name. The club is in the right, especially with COVID. Let, let's not underestimate not going for however long it was. These are the right people on there to steer us forward. I feel they are. I, I you know, if, if people say, oh, I'd rather have when crime was here, I get that completely. But, you know, he, his pot of money was going to run dry as well at some point. And yeah, let's not face it, some of these principles, Patrick Crime put into place. So the question is, are the, my, no, my version is, I think these are the right people to bring Barnsley Football Club to the next stage of their history. You know, the next page in, in, in the book to try and get us back in, into the Premier League. Do you feel the same or do you still have some reservations? Besides uh, the letters on the Pontiant that I think need painting as well, and we will plead to Paul Conway again, please, if you get us a ladder, Steve will do it and I'll hold it because I don't like heights. <laughs> and I will, funnily enough. But anyway, no. Um, 
you know what? It's 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 same as old. Um, Patrick Crine was if you if you'd have cut him in half, he were Barnsley FC through and through. We know that, uh, and it's very few and far between that you can get a chairman, owner, whatever you want to call it, that is in charge of your hometown football club. Um, it doesn't happen very often, uh, and, and when it does, if it, if it works out like it did for us, it's it's a fantastic thing. As like many things, unfortunately, it doesn't last. We know that. Um, these guys came in, Chen Li and all, you know, Billy Bean and all this big, you know, sort of hoo-ha about uh, Moneyball and all that, whatever you want to call it. And let's face it, I would say most people were very, very sceptical when it first came in. And you look at what they've done. You look at what's happened not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well. I mean, even talking last night, um, the reaction, I mean, uh, at one point they were talking about Beth, who we know is a fantastic servant to the club. And he joked about that, you know, they've they've got this new technology that can clone her. And (laughs) there's about four or five different Beths running about on a match day. Requests are available if you if you want if to better your life. If there's any spares, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you never know. Um, but you don't get that sort of reaction from, let's be honest, your staff if you've got a shit boss. Um, can I just say on that point, sorry, Steve, can I just say on that point that he mentioned as well that actually the staff all have deep emotional ties to the club. Yeah. It's not just work. They seem to be there. And if, if they need to stay longer, then they'll stay longer. If there's a problem, they'll stay and they resolve it. And and during COVID, they've been extremely creative and interactive with to, to keep that going. And and he was very complimentful of the stuff, saying we don't need to micro manage these because yeah. they all know what they're doing. Yeah, it's let's be honest. There's a lot of us out here that w- that wish we'd got a job that we enjoyed as much as these people obviously do. They spend a lot of time at the football club making sure everything's right, not just for match days. I know there's been issues about stewards and what have you, but that's that's a national thing. There isn't as many stewards due to COVID and what have you, but that's gonna that's gonna improve. That's gonna get yeah. better. So you know what? Turn up ten minutes earlier to turnstiles instead of having that extra pint in boozer. Don't just come morning about it just because you can't get in when you want to get in. Which well, to come me an hour earlier a, and and have a, have a drink inside, you know. Yeah, you know what? It's if that's all you've got to moan about, wind your neck in for me. I, I, I've no time for it. No time for it at all. For me, they're doing a a really really good job, and that seems to be transmitted straight from Paul Conway all the way down and all the way back up again. We've got a really, really good club at the minute. Yeah. We're financially viable in, in, in many different arenas, not only in transfers, but in staff, in coaches. You know, we've, we've got a really good product and we just need to keep going with it. Again, with supporters' help, which has been amazing over, during COVID and now with, with sales of, of season tickets. Um, you're always going to get odd ones and twos. We, we've seen them on Facebook, Twitter, other media platforms, all available, usual shite. You know, they, all, they get the keyboards out and they bang away. And, you know, if that's what they want to do, crack on. I mean, I, I, 
I've got to be honest, I saw some today um, complaining about the actual uh, engagement thing that we went to last night. You know, why weren't other people invited? Why weren't I invited? This, that, other. You know what? You've no <laughs> God-given right to be to be anywhere. We haven't. I haven't. You haven't. If we are lucky enough to go, we take it as we are privileged to be involved in something like that and then we can come back and talk about it which is even yeah. better and, and i think and every now and again somebody listens to us as well, well which is yeah. even better still the the thing is you know I'm, I'm 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 always very sort of neutral sober whatever you want to call about it you know we, we do do that sober is sober well, the right word well, no, I'm just drinking. I know fun. you've only got Fanta, yeah. Um, you know, we, we do the Reds report. We do that because we love football. We like we love talking about football. And, yeah. and we want this to be a chat, um, whether we have guests or not, as if we're setting the pub and, and having a you know very informal, informed, informal but informed chat. Yeah. Um, like I say, Red All Over were there yesterday. Red Sky was there yesterday. Bantley Match Day drinkers. But it was very much at, at the Beth Booters, the vloggers and the bloggers that were there yesterday. And I believe Doug O'Kane was on Zoom and maybe BBC Radio Sheffield as well. So it was very much like a, a pressy thing. The fan engagement with the fan groups. So, you know, the Addersley Reds and the Courthouse Reds and, 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 and all them. Um, that, that will probably be for another day because they tend to have different questions sort of as well. But there is not many football clubs, especially in the championship, that have these sort of evenings. So to be able to be invited, we haven't even talked about the food. You know, not the fact I, I, that you can put all over the Barsley shirt. But... Had... How did he manage that? How did he manage that? Ploughman's pickle, and not just a bit, not just a drop. There were a good tablespoonful of Ploughman's pickle straight down his shirt. I know. What's I know. that all about? I can't take him nowhere. I hope it was before we go to Morocco, but that's another uh, that's another question. But the fact that we went there, there was drinks, there was some food laid on. I think it's really nice how the club, you know, keeps us engaged as well and 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 grants us the opportunity. And nothing was off table yesterday. You could ask anything. Now, whether you got an answer for various reasons, but you know, questions were asked and they got a shorter answer. Um, uh, some people kept going on about government things and, and safe standing and everything. And, and, and I get it. If that person is really interested in that, there's no problem. I think the rest of the room was maybe a little bit more. We were more Barnsley focused than football in general, weren't we? But yeah. uh, no, um, I, I sent my thanks to the club today um, for, for, for inviting us and for having us. Because um, it's always good because you can come straight from work. You don't need no tea at home because there's lovely wraps available. So, although I went to the wrong lounge, I apologise for that. But hey, these <laughs> things happen. Um, Steve, to finish off then, I have to ask you, uh, and I know it's a really difficult question, but looking back on yesterday evening then, what's the score going to be tomorrow? The score tomorrow? Oh. Do you know what? We went to the Luton game. And it was shite. Let's be honest. We're not going to, you know, I know you like to be diplomatic, but I don't do diplomatic. I'll just, it was poor. We know it was poor. That first half against QPR were were fantastic. Probably best football we've played since, Norwich in Cup last season, which I thought were a really good game. Uh, Second half, there were certain certain factors that meant we, we, we came away with a point. Let's look at it that way. We'll be positive. Birmingham at the minute are on a high. Lee Bowyer in charge has obviously got them a really, really good team spirit. I think they will come tomorrow. Um, 
I think, do you know what? I'm going to put my neck on line now. I think it'll be a high scoring game tomorrow. But I think we'll just nick it 3 2. I thought you might say that. I'll go I'll go two one. I think we will nick it tomorrow. Um I think we need to be mindful of their threat, uh, which we know. So, you know, the the high balls to Coley Woodrow probably won't work when you've got Mark Roberts in that position and that's somebody who we know all too well. But I think if we play to our strength, the um you, you mentioned it earlier at the start of the show, that delicate passing in small spaces and the edge of the area works really well against QPR. And I think if we are, if we can enforce our game onto them, I think you get more out of players like Freezer, players like Woodrow. Um, huge, you know, credit and congratulations, calling Woodrow 50 goals for Bardsley. That's oh, no yeah, mean brilliant. feat either, is it? Because players don't stay with the club long these Not days. Not normally to, that long, to, no. No, no. To, get, to get 50 goals. So, and we've got um, tomorrow, don't forget tomorrow, for all listeners, Man City Arsenal at half 12. Then you can watch us against Birmingham and then it's Liverpool-Chelsea. So what a footballing day tomorrow. Fantastic. So will you be in the East Dean at 12 then? So you've got your seeds ready for the match? Do you know what? I think I might be tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> it could be one of them days, isn't it? I think Carlas is going out because she's just choked. I was going to swear then. She's just choked that word on it. So uh, I think she's <laughs> going out tomorrow. So yes, football day tomorrow, boys. Yeah, there's no um, there's no fan zone yet. They're waiting to get sort of like the all clear and, and so mascots and the the the, the kiddies club and the flag wavers can can happen again. So until that, there will be no fan zone. So yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be back at the East Dean Club um, tomorrow uh, prior to kick off. Um, enjoy the match, Th- Steve. Thanks very much. Don't forget to do your uh, fan hub predictions. I've done already mine. Already done it, mate. Same as yours. Same as yours again. No, not saying no, because I, I made one change from last week because I had one wrong. So I've changed that one. Oh, and right, I think okay. I might be all right this week. So <laughs> and we'll thank see. you all very we'll much see. for listening. Uh, this has been the Reds Report. We'll be back with another episode next week. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
The Talk Sport Fan Network. The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Want barnstorming Barnsley insight analysis and opinion? Follow the Reds Report podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. Unbeatable club-dedicated content created by the fans for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network.